Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. This week I speak to life coach Mark Fennell. The perfectionist kind of lives in a lot of us, right? Mm. Um, you know, and it's either, it's either perfect or it's a fail. It's like what we call in psychology, it's called the term black and white thinking. Yeah, rather than the middle ground. So there's no middle. It's either yeah. right or it's wrong. Or if it's if it's right, you'll find what's wrong. You know, um, so we have that. And to avoid failure or getting it wrong, we will go with the, the sure bet. You know, uh, it's like everyone when they set up their pension, they go, oh, low risk, uh, high return. That's what I want. It doesn't exist. You want high return, you're going high risk. You know, but most people will go for, I'll go somewhere in the middle. I don't want to go high risk, right? Yeah. But... And, and people who would say, uh, and I'm not saying this is what you should do, this is not financial advice, obviously, but, <laughs> but what's mad is, or interesting, people with, with an exceptional growth mindset mm. will go high risk easily, and it won't, they won't bat an eyelid at it. They'll go, oh, let's go the high risk, but you could lose like your pension. Yeah, well, I know, but I could also gain. They don't mind that, but fixed mindset can't fathom that. Why would you risk losing your money? Uh, and this is where it starts to show up when you get into things like money or career or relationship or job or outlook. But the perfectionist is the one that really fixes themselves and puts themselves in a hole. And the reason I highlight that because it's a lot of people. Mark is married to his childhood sweetheart, Fiona, and they live in Dublin Southside. And in this conversation, he explains what life coaching is all about. And he also shares his backstory, which led him to pursue a career in coaching. He talks about the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset, managing anxiety, changing careers and lots more. Here it is. So let's talk life coaching. What is a life coach? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so there's lots of different facets to people getting help with so forth mental health. You've got psychiatry, which is, you know, psychology. You've got therapy, counseling, you've therapists and, and then you've life coaching. And it's kind of like, what is it? Well, 
life coaching is very much where you're at and where do you want to get to. So it's there is an element of goal setting, but more often than not, what I find, it's not about setting the goals the first couple of sessions. It's about, I suppose, sorting out what are the hurdles currently. And I always will start sometimes with a simple question of, are you happy? And if someone says, yeah, I'm grand, we all do it as the Irish people, you know, say, I'm grand. And I say, well, I know you're grand. Underneath that, though, yeah. are you actually happy with the way things are going? Sometimes people have thought about that. They've not thought about it. Or they just have this sense of, I'm coasting. Um, so Life Coach comes in and helps to kind of formulate a plan around that. Now, for me, I suppose... One person called me an advanced life coach. I don't know what that kind of title means, but because I suppose I've been doing it for quite a period of time, I'd be very, like, look, I've studied psychology and so forth. So I'd probably be, a normal life coach doesn't always go down those other roads like I would have gone down, but I just have a natural interest in it. So I've kind of expanded my knowledge and I'm a, I'm a learner. I love I to read. I love to learn. So I do draw on other aspects to help with someone. But at, at the end of the day, I would be a life coach um, and I work with people on a personal level. And then sometimes I'll work with a business or a team or a group. I also do workshops and speak at events and different things. So life coach, it brings me a lot of places and it's quite diverse that way, which I love. But at the end of the day, it's about a person coming and saying, there's an element of my life or just something about my life that I'm not happy with. I want my life to reach its full potential. And that's when you, it's sometimes good to have another set of eyes that are trained like a life coach. And then it's almost like you become that person's mentor. Yes, very Would that much be so. the way? Yeah, very much so. I work a lot with mindset um, and around that. And I find, because I also get to speak in schools and such. And so it, this is what's really has fascinated me just from having my hands on the tools, so to speak, and working in the arena. I've seen, you know, young men and young women, 16, 17, 18, have the same issues and fears and concerns as someone who's 36, 37, 38. You know, and it's amazing the way what affects us sometimes in our teen years or, or even our formative years earlier on sticks with us for the rest of our lives. And okay. mindset is major around that, sometimes shifting the mindset. Yes. And unlearning. It is because we all have beliefs and we've got values. Mm. And sometimes people think, well, if I have a wrong belief, I just change it. No, these beliefs are ingrained in you, you know, very much from the people who would have looked after us, like parents or teachers or even our peers as we grew up. So these beliefs get established and these values really become paramount. They don't just change, but we can also have negative beliefs and wrong values or misvalues. We value something too much, like fitting in. We value that more than having, you know, a confidence in ourselves. So we start to tune into what will help me fit in rather than what will give me more confidence. So that's where I find mindset is a major part of it. And I always explain mindset is like a radio station. You know, you can get into your car and let the radio just play whatever comes on from whoever was in the car last and let it just play out. And that's what you'll tune into. That's what you'll sing along to, mm. tap along to, etc. Or you can get in and you can change the station to something that serves you well, something that helps you or something that is encouraging you. And mindset is 24-7 radio, particularly three in the morning when it's keeping you up at night and your head's running through your emotions. Great way to, to look at it. Yeah. You're tuned into something. And mindset sometimes is where we need to reevaluate and retune into something that serves us a whole lot better. And they're not always obvious where we're getting it wrong. It's not always clear mm. why or what's up with our mindset. We do sometimes need, I suppose, a professional to help. And that's where I would step in to help people, I suppose, unwind and understand or, or, or should I say, unclutter the mindset to figure out, well, this is actually one of your intrinsic motivators and this is actually causing you a whole lot of problems. I just keep thinking, I, I, need, I, need, I need Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think we all session. need a coach. I think, like, because, and this is one of the things, it's, it's crazy to see, like, in the world of academia, I mean, Ireland does so well with academics and, you know, with the schooling, and, and there's so much great things there. 
Um, but as far as the life skills, mm. there's not a huge amount. There really isn't. Um, and then sometimes it's the Band-Aid stuff. Uh, what I mean by the Band-Aid is we're dealing with what happens when you're depressed, but we don't train enough on, well, this is what you do to maybe avoid depression or avoid anxiety. You know, we talk about anxiety a whole lot, but we don't always talk about that. Actually, anxiety comes from a fear. And we should talk more about the fear than the anxiety. The anxiety is only a reaction. It's the fear is the problem. And a lot of people don't know that. When you say it to people, they go, you're right. Yeah, get to the root of it. Mm, the root cause. So mm. when you talk about training, because obviously, you know, you've, you've done a lot already yeah. in your life. And, um, you know, I can only, I can only see it, that developing more and more. But the core training for life coaching is a specific type of training. There is. Yeah, there is. There's a basic kind of, well, like, it's not basic. It, it's, it, it does give you a lot of tools and, and, and techniques um, and you can get certified and qualified, which I would have all that credentials. Um, but to be honest with you, when you're a life coach, people come to you and they might come to you in a very broken state, you know, mm. or they might be doing okay, but want to do better. Um, a course doesn't cut it. You know, I think go do the course brilliantly, but you get experience and you've got to have a love for people and get knowledge. Like don't go beyond the course is what I say, because I could rock up. There's, I've seen life coach courses you can do in a weekend. Okay. <laughs> now they give you like a piece of paper, but I'm like, you, you cannot then be responsible or even play a, a role in someone else's life from what you learned in the weekend from a book. I think it's fine. I'm not discouraging that. That's a starting point. But if you want to go into life coaching, you've got to love to learn. You've got to love to read. You've got to love to help people. Because when you've done seven clients back to back and you could have from small traumas to large traumas to situations to all sorts of stuff, you know, unless you love it, you won't show up the next day. You'll be exhausted. And it is tiring. So what I always say is, yeah, start and get your certification. Get your, you're going to learn a lot of tools around that. Um, but the real key of a life coach is experience. Mm. That's really what makes the difference. You know, getting out there and getting experience and getting someone who is a senior life coach or, you know, and learning from them. Because I, I never take it lightly. You are a major influence in someone's life and they're yeah. paying you to be that influence. You better get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got the feeling from you from the voice notes between us that, you, you know, at, at its core helping people gives you a lot of job satisfaction. 100%, yeah. yeah. And it's something I learned very early on. Um, and what happened was, so my parents were always involved in charities. They, they work full-time, whatever, but they did charities on the side. And they got us involved as kids, you know, to go and do this. And interesting enough, they started a youth club thing in town. And um, it was like, it wasn't scouts, but it was kind of like a scouty thing, you know. Mm. On a Friday night, you come along and we do a few games and whatever else, it's a bit of crack. And we were dragged along to that. And I remember I used to give out orange, right? Because McDonald's used to actually give us the, you know, the orange, they used to sell I don't know if they still do but they had this big thing this tub yoke and it had a spout on the end like a Burko boiler right oh yeah 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 but it was orange in it right? yeah 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 and my job was filled it up and give it to them out. so I was just handing out that and I got talking to one or two of them and I saw my upbringing um, you know we all have checkered upbringings but I saw that their upbringing was so much ha more harsh like I was not streetwise like these guys were um and I got talking to them and we got involved and I ended up talking to a guy and I was like, oh, what are you going to do when you're older? You know, that's, I was like I'm a teenager at this stage. What are you going to do when you're older? Well, if, I'm, if I survive beyond 21, I'll be doing better than my brother. And I said, really? Yeah, he died. And it turned out I couldn't believe this because I was like, well, 21 wasn't, was a few years away, but I couldn't believe that his mindset was just, I didn't call it mindset then, but his outlook was just survive. And I couldn't believe it. And I got kind of, I saw the value in what my parents were doing and I got more involved than just doing the orange. I started, I want to help. I want to talk. I want to you know, do what I can do to help these guys. 
and through it I suppose it sparked in me I started then coaching someone I wouldn't call it coaching them but like helping them or training them or yeah, yeah. basic skills or and when I say skills just about life and started sharing stuff like that whatever else stuff that I'd learned etc cetera, etc cetera. and as I progressed and then I, I loved studying psychology and all that kind of stuff so I would share bits each week very simple stuff but as I got older they got older and then I just, I don't know, I, I, I have other jobs in a business. I've always been kind of entrepreneurial, whatever. But this was the thing that gave me the, the, the job satisfaction, the fulfillment. Mm. And I worked with one guy and I'll never forget him. And I was, oh, I wasn't, I was about 20, I think at the time. And I remember just, because I had a heart for them. I, I could see, you know, these people need people. And I remember helping them through stuff. And I said, you know what, you can do whatever you want. Like you can beat the same guy, by the way, that I had that conversation. And he was kind of the leader of the pack. He was a tough guy. Like, listen, the stuff that they were around at 17, eight, oh my goodness, you, you couldn't fathom it. Long story short, uh, as I'll always say, I'll try to keep it short. But what happened was... I said, but you can be anything you want to be. And I was that, I suppose, an element of naivety as well at that time. I was like, but you can be whatever you want to be. Nothing can hold you back. You know what I mean? I haven't lived life yet. That hurdles do come. But I remember saying that to him and just saying, you can, you can, you can. And he grasped it. So results started to happen in that respect. Now, don't worry. We didn't, you know, make uh, angels or anything overnight, but they did start to change. I fell in love with helping these people, these guys, these girls or whatever else. And I said, I want to do this for as long as I live. And it wasn't, I, we weren't getting paid. It wasn't about the money. I just had a love for it. But what happened was fast forward, I was in my late twenties and I'm walking into a rugby match in the RDS. And I hear a guy go, Mark Fennell, is that you? Mark. And I turned around and it was this guy. Oh, and he says, okay. uh, I'll never forget what you shared with me. I'll never forget what you said to me. He said, I, I, I actually said, when I'm home to my mad at night, and I told her, I'm not going to be like my brother. I'm not going to be dead mad when I'm 21. Don't you worry, man. I'm going to look after you. And that was like, Phew. he oh, goes, yeah, wow. so we moved out. He says, I have, a, I have a wife now and I have a kid. And he says, I have a house and everything. He says, so, and, he, and I said, what are you doing here? Are you watching the match? He goes, no, I'm the, the head of security. <laughs> no better man. Oh, you know, but that for me then solidified. You know, oh it's, yeah it's not about, God, that, it's, is, that is everything that was I it. mean I'm getting goosebumps listening to that that's how I got into it and there's been thankfully there was a lot of stories like that that came out of that area and that just fuels you on like no end no money can give you that satisfaction so if ever you needed kind of evidence or proof that you know this is your path this is what you're meant to be doing mm. it was it was there it was there and there was other cases and stories over the years and whatnot. and you know each year I think I've heard every story and then I see someone who I never who, who you think I hope they get this breakthrough and then they have a breakthrough and you're like I can't believe it it's it's not anything I do. I, I can't take credit. I just package information in a way that they understand it. I get you, yeah. And they can put it into practice. They, I always believe this. We don't coach people. We train coaches. Should I put it like this? We train people to become their own coaches. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, what's the old saying? Uh, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach him to fish, he eats for a lifetime. I yeah. believe in that. Yeah, yeah. Great. Mm. And, you know, that's what it's about. Empowerment. Yeah, you know, and so. that's you're giving people those those tools, which which is brilliant. So many people don't believe in themselves. I always say, look, we never arrive, and we shouldn't look to arrive. Yeah, you know, because through the growing there is pain, but without that pain we wouldn't grow. If we stayed in our comfort zone, nothing good would happen at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we look back and we kind of think, you know, you look back at your life, and we've all gone through stuff, you know, checkered past peaks and troughs, and you look back at some stuff and you go, I hated it at the time, but if it weren't for it. I wouldn't be as strong in that area as I am now. Well, we let's learn. talk about that because mm. it hasn't always been a bed of roses for you either. Like Absolutely you've, not. you've had your own stuff. So you did share with me that 15 years ago, you did hit a bit of a stumbling block. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 
this is the thing like no one has it figured out uh, all figured out and I, I suppose because I was in around this world of and thankfully I was doing successful in it but it wasn't a bed of roses it wasn't easy you're trying to build a, you know you're you're telling people I'm going to be a full-time coach people say like, what's that is that a job <laughs> you know what I mean how does that pay the mortgage but you know what, what I mean it wasn't really a thing was it years no, ago no it's, it's really it's oh, only become stop. part of our language in recent times oh that's what I mean and now the term is so like life coach it's just because I don't know maybe over the pandemic I just thought everyone was becoming a life coach oh really <laughs> I saw okay. a lot of that which is not bad because you learn stuff for yourself at least but anyway what happened to me was um, and it certainly was I mean look without going into kind of childhood and teen years or whatever else yeah there's been major major stuff but challenges or whatever else And but that's why I'm so passionate about what I do because I've and when I share what I share I'm, I'm, I share it with a conviction because I've lived most of this stuff you know what I mean or I've been mm. through this stuff Um you know, it wasn't a silver spoon, you know, upbringing or anything, you know, that kind of way. So yeah, yeah. you've had to, we've had to graft, so to speak, to a degree. But what I said, 20, well, sorry, 15 years ago, I was in, in my 20s and I was a victim of my success in a way, if I can even use it like that. But what happened to me was I was burning the candle at both ends. I've been asked to speak at events. I was speaking three to five times a week, every week. And that was all year round, like, which was uncanny. Like as a speaker, that was a huge amount of speaking in Ireland, um, UK. And then I was asked to go to the States and I did a few over there, okay. Texas and different places and whatever else. And I got to travel in a few States and speak. Um, so that was amazing. I loved it. Um, and it opened my eyes to different cultures, different people and all sorts. But what happened was because being so busy and I'm talking for a long period of time, it wasn't just like a busy month. It was a busy two couple of years. Like I ended out and didn't realize that I was burning out mm. and I was starting to be in a constant state of anxiety, not knowing it was anxiety. Right. The whole anxiety side of coaching was not an area I coached in. I coached in self-belief and confidence and motivation. That was my, my area. So the whole side of mental health and anxiety, depression, all those other things, I'm ruminating or OCD, all of that stuff. I had not gone down that road. I hadn't pursued that. Does that make sense? So, I was focused on what I was doing and obviously when you're training that stuff, learning that stuff, teaching that stuff, you are pretty motivated because that's all you're feeding yourself with. But I didn't realize I was in a high state of anxiety and didn't know, wasn't sleeping, maybe five hours a night. Started to get um, like a knot in my stomach, chest pains, tension, headaches, and this was ongoing, but I'm a real like, no, keep going, keep going, keep going, you know, keep it up. And what happened was I was in the gym one morning uh, well, here's actually the full story. What happened? Uh, the night before, I did an event, and it was around relationships. And after an event, a couple came to me and said, "If you can't talk to us now, I don't think we're planning on filing for divorce tomorrow." All right. Okay. Um, could you talk to us? And I was like, "I can't leave them." And my wife was there as well, and she's very involved. What I do, and she was like, "We'll, we'll, we'll meet them for a coffee." This is at ten o'clock at night after you've done an event. You're a wreck, <laughs> right? Okay. Wow. Well. But uh, I, I could see that they were in a need, and she was upset. And anyway, met with her and him, had a chat. It was twelve o'clock. I went home. And I wasn't saying whether I should or should not have a divorce. But after speaking to them, they said, we're going to put it on hold. So that was good. Went to bed about half 12. But after that, you're buzzing, right? It's, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know yourself, you do something on TV, you're, you're buzzing after it, you know. There's no, anyway, went to bed half 12 or something like that. Was up at, I think it was half five the next morning to go to the gym before I kicked off my sessions all day um, with clients. Six o'clock, I'm in the gym. I get all faint, like stars in my eyes, you know, that kind of way. And so I need to sit down. And I had a chest pain. Right. First of all, I think, is this a heart attack? Is this a heart attack? Uh, next thing I know, I'm in A&E. They're treating me for a heart attack and a uh, suspected heart attack. My wife comes in to me and she, we'd never gone through anything this, like, life-threatening before. This yeah. is the first time I was in this situation. So my and wife, you're young, like you're still in I your know, 20s. Yeah, this, like, 
you know, yeah. I, I didn't expect this. And you, the thoughts of this can't be me. This can't be happening to me. And I'm in the bed and, you know, with all the stickers all over me. And the wife comes in and she's no good in hospitals. So she starts to faint. So I'm holding her up. All right. Okay. Right? Yeah. She's falling against the bed, which is on wheels, in A&E. The I'll bed stop. starts sliding. Stop. Right? The stickers stop. start popping at me. So the alarm starts going off. <laughs> I'm holding her up. Well, if I wasn't having a heart attack before, I'd be having one now. So I'm trying to hold her up. She's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And her eyes rolling in her head. And I'm like, nurse, nurse, nurse. And I, it was like an American show. I start going, medic, medic. We do even say that in Ireland. <laughs> Right. It's like medic, medic. And they run in, they run in, and she's like a ball of jelly, and I'm holding her, and they take her out, they bring her up to, up to two beds up, and she's getting connected up there. Um amazingly though, all of the anxiety I learned a lesson with that, right. weirdly enough. Right. All of the anxiety I was experiencing as I was lying there, is it my heart, is it my life, am I dying? Blah 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 blah. All of that stuff went out of my head because my fo- focus became her. Yeah, yeah. And then I realized and then I just was she was up there, and then I realized. I haven't been thinking all about my heart. It's not amazing the way you can flick your thoughts so quickly. Just, just a loose thought went through my head. I just pay, remember taking note of it. Um, so, of course, we were going to, you know, I was do sessions. I was in a shirt and whatever else. So they thought we'd just come in from a night out. And I said, no, I came from the gym. And he was yeah, we're going to have to do some drug tests on you and all sorts of things. Like, <laughs> like, no, I'm not into any of that stuff. Trust me. Because they were like, are they yeah. both off their heads? Oh, God. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, no, we're grand. Anyway, turns out they no, kept me workaholics. In, literally, <laughs> honestly, well, like if you were if you were leaving at midnight and then you got like only X amount of sleep and then you were up crack of dawn gym. Yeah, like, yeah. and I thought this was normal lifestyle and this All was right, horrendous. Okay. And this was a continual kind. This I was, was like this for ages. Wow, ages. Okay. So long story short, it wasn't a heart attack. Yeah, they kept me in, but this is where it triggered off me. Uh, what happened? Um, it wasn't a heart attack. Was it a panic attack? Um. It was not a panic attack, a high, uh, well, uh, an anxiety attack. So not okay. full-blown panic, where yeah, you're, yeah, you know, yeah. but a high anxiety. I didn't know. They, we didn't use the word anxiety then. I know that sounds like middle ages, but we didn't use the word anxiety. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was, uh, he must suffer with his nerves. You know, that's how it was put, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't really, that word never came up. So what happened was that event passed and I went home a couple of days later. They kept me in and... One night, I could feel the chest pain again, and I started to get all this sensation. I now know it's anxiety, mm. but I didn't know it was anxiety. Why well, am I feeling like yeah. this? Tingly hands, you know, chest pain, etc., etc. And I went into a very high anxiety. It wasn't a panic attack where I hyperventilated, but it was on the cusp of a panic attack. Sure, yeah. An anxiety attack, I'd call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like this anxiety feeling. And your thoughts start running a mile a minute. I've never experienced anything like this. And to this point in my life that I was aware of. Yeah. And like, what's happened to me? What's happened to me? Is it a heart attack? Did they miss it? Did they get it wrong? Misdiagnosis, et cetera, et cetera. This triggered off in me huge anxiety. It was basic anxiety that was already there. It just got turned up by, uh, the dial got turned up on it. Yeah. And I became hypersensitive to how my sensations and how I'm feeling and ruminating started, any little thing, uh, a pain or this or that, or whatever else. And my anxiety put it this way how bad it got without giving you all the ins and outs it got so I lost two stone in weight All right. I couldn't eat I was nauseous I had fear of going to out with friends fear of going out all of this stuff but I was still coaching people because it was the one thing that got my mind off me when I coach someone I'm focused on them not me and so it gave me park, relief you could park it I for that period yeah. I was on stage and I remember one event it was 1100 people at the event and I'm on stage speaking at the event and I'm in bits with anxiety beforehand I walk on stage no anxiety I come off stage anxiety returns and I remember mm. going just leave me on the stage because I'm, talk, I'm thinking about them not me then anyway it took me the doctor wants to put me on medication um and doctors and all their wisdom do a lot of good and medication is sometimes needed uh, for me I didn't want to go down that road mm. 
they said talk to a therapist or a counsellor and my knowledge of therapy and counselling was that they always go back to the inner child work and when I was a child and I said yeah I, I, look we all have checkered past but I know that's not it for me I didn't do therapy counselling or even speak to a professional I had this thing in my head if I got myself into this I should be able to learn and get myself out of this. And so this is the hard way of getting over anxiety. I went on self-discovery to be able to read on the internet about anxiety and not react with anxiety. And how I did that was I saw myself as a client of mine. I know it sounds mad. As if so here I am, but I'm there I am there and I'm learning to help my client. Because if I say I'm trying to help myself, I'll just get anxious. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, a, like, yeah, it does. It like, does. I saw myself as my own client. But this is really interesting. Took two because, years. Okay. Um, because Horrendous. obviously you believe in, 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 you know, getting help and for people reaching out Absolutely. in whatever form that is, be it life coaching or therapy. But for you, you were a little bit, no, that's not going to, ha- That's I'm not going to do that. Is no. it because, did you want the hardship or was it just you felt like I can do this my, myself? It wasn't a pride or ego thing. It certainly wasn't because I was a bro. I was a shell of a man, like okay. someone who you who was who thought they were bulletproof. All of a sudden, now it was a shell, like literally a shell. My wife was. I remember in fear of how I was. Never saw me like that. She knows me since I was seven. Like mm. so, she was shocked, and everyone was. Um, what happened? Why did I not? Because there were certain. I was knowledgeable enough of psychology to know that not every as- aspect or attribute of it. I would agree with or work with, right? Now, that I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not trying to cause confusion for anyone. But I knew I knew enough where, how should I put this? I said, I know that if I can get this myself, mm. it will change my life. But if someone tries to teach me it, um, I might not grasp it. I need to, I put it this way. This is me, school of hard knocks, right? Don't make it easy for myself. I'm going to, bottom line is, I, said, I need to learn how to fix this the hard way. As if there was no therapy. But I find this really interesting know, because madness. at the end of the day, no, no, but it's, it's, but it's actually, it's actually a really good point to make because at the end of the day, whether we go down the therapy route or not, when it comes to really activating change, it has to come from within. And I knew that I knew enough to know that. I just yeah. didn't know how. So you were just going, look, I can go the therapy route. They can point things out. I can learn that way, but it's still going to come down to me. Yeah. And I knew then try and find, you know, I knew it would always come back to me. Yeah. Um, I have so many friends, like psychologists and therapists, and you've got to, when you're at a loose end, you don't know where to go, turn to someone, you know, start there and figure it out. You'll help to figure it out. But I knew from my coaching background, you see, this will have to come from me no matter what happens, no matter what or who I speak to. This has to come from me. And I do not advise this for everybody because it's really difficult and it's, it's a race long slow long process because it took two years just for me to get back to normal um, and it's a long time mm. you know mm. um, and I remember feeling low like I never felt lowness and sleepless nights like like horrendous stuff like I won't I'm not going through it all but the ruminating and anxiety was constant it became what's called generalized anxiety disorder I was anxious for just being anxious just anxious all the time um, and as you mentioned earlier you know behind anxiety like it is with a lot of with a lot of emotions be it anger, frustration, mm. jealousy is at the root of it is fear. It, and I, I identified that, you see, fairly early on. OK. Uh, that was the that was the kind of thing that helped me. And what helped me was I said, well, remember I said about the hospital when Fiona was fainting and I yeah. forgot about my anxiety. Yes. And then I'd be coaching clients and I forget about my anxiety. I was like, I can't always stay in anxiety 
because when I put other people ahead of myself, I'm not anxious. So I said, I know that this isn't a constant, I'm, you know, hormonally anxious or medically induced anxiety where I can't get rid of it. I said, mm. I've had windows where it wasn't there for whatever reason, distracted or whatever. But I, so I knew this wasn't a constant. I knew it could be broken. I said, if I can just extend those constants to be a little bit more constant. And I remember, like, if you saw me read, I read, like, you know, um, <laughs> there's an old movie called Short, Short Circuit and it was an old yeah. robot and it would yeah. flick through the book and read the book. I was almost like that reading and, like, the amount of knowledge I accumulated in that time was ridiculous. Like, a book a week and, you know, and there'd be psychology books and all sorts. But the reason I say that is I knew that it, it wasn't always a constant and I couldn't sustain it. And I even knew this. I saw my anxiety would rise and fall. It was still there, but it would peak and trough. And I said, it can't even sustain that high state of high anxiety. So when I'm in high anxiety, Mark, don't get freaked out because I know at some point it'll turn down because I can't remain there. Okay, yeah. So I knew there was hope. So that gave you comfort, yeah. Some, some comfort. No, I didn't know how yet, but I knew that gave me comfort. But that whole experience of what I went through in that two years changed my life forever and what it did for my coaching and did for me and helping others whatever but what it did for me was I don't suffer with anxiety now mm. and I haven't since then Wow and also I suppose it gives you a, a deep understanding and, and compassion for your clients who do have it because this you've been through it I can read their minds you've like, been through the show almost yeah. yeah it's mad Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And in terms of, of, of getting to the root of the fear, if it's not too personal, if it is, absolutely don't answer. Move, we'll move on. But uh, did you get to the root of what was going on? Like where, 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 the, where the anxiety was coming from? Absolutely. How long do you have? Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> what I understood was it was fear. I said re anxious or anxiety is a state that we get into, but it's a state reacting to a perceived threat, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. The threat is only a threat because we fear it happening. Yeah. If I didn't fear the threat, I wouldn't react with anxiety to the threat. 
if I didn't fear tigers, I wouldn't get anxious if there's a tiger in the room, right? Mm. But the thing was, so I understood that. Now, this took a long, that probably took me six months to figure that out, right? Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, um, but, but when you're in it, it's very hard When you're in it, it, it's really hard, right? But yeah, yeah. what I understood then was that it's a fear. What's my fear? The fear was that I'm, my, I'm not always in control of my body. I'm not always in control of things. I know, and I'm not a, and this is the funny thing is, I'm not a control freak. It's, it's gas, right? But there were some things I considered were definite or finite or, you know, I just keep doing what I do and that's it. I never was, should I say, challenged with mortality or, you know, that, oh, you could die or something could bad could happen or I wasn't challenged to that degree. Mm. Um, and what was interesting was it wasn't the fear of death. That wasn't the fear, you know, or the heart attack is the fear. No, no. The fear of what if I can't control my thoughts? Because my thoughts start running away with themselves. I'm like, why am I getting all worked up? Why, do I, why does my body feel like this? I couldn't, couldn't control my thoughts. I couldn't control my body. It, with the fear, it was the fear of the fear. The fear of that state of anxiety that I was in. Now, why did I get there? Because I worked so long and burnt candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a fear that got me anxious. It was just, you know, drink enough caffeine, you'll get to that state too. Sure, yeah. I'm sure there'll be people listening now who'll be like, Mark is, is, is speaking my life at the moment. Mm. Or the way it has been, or I felt that too. We haven't got into the topics as such yet, yeah. but you've already touched on so much so far mm. in this conversation. Um, and anxiety is a huge piece. Massive. I mean, throughout this time, and I was saying this before we start recording, um, and I've mentioned this in a roundabout way a number of times through through the podcast, but I would never have described myself as an anxious person. Neither would I have. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's the mad thing about it. There you it. go. But it can hit anyone. Absolutely. And I certainly have felt I have had moments, particularly uh, I'm, I'm pregnant at the moment and I particularly have found it over the past few months that I get a, a bit uptight, a bit stressed, a bit anxious in ways that I wouldn't have before. And I suppose we have to, we have to take into consideration that we are coming out the other side of a, of a, of a global pandemic. Yeah. And that's a, that's kind of a big deal. Well, say for example, right, um, if I sit with someone who's got anxiety and never had anxiety before or whatever else, and I work with some people who've had anxiety their whole lives, or people like me where I didn't realize I was anxious for so long until it kind of came to a head. But I'll say, well, what are you afraid of? And if you ask someone that or yourself that and go, I'm anxious, okay, grand. But what am I afraid of? Oh, I'm worked up because what if something happens this or happens that? What is it you fear? Yeah, that's a great question. And start there. Yeah. Rather than how do I deal with my anxiety, which you've got to do too. But start with the root cause. Start with the foundation. Start with the spark that ignited this thing. What are you afraid of? When you ask yourself that, it, you start to see things. You get great clarity around that. Absolutely. It was one of my favorite um, exercises when I started doing uh, yoga training mm. was, you know, asking yourself these big questions like what do you have? What do you need? Exactly what you said. What are you afraid of? And then on top of that, the question which was great was, and if you weren't afraid, what would you do? I always ask that. I did a it's workshop on Tuesday. I say, if you weren't afraid, what would you what would you have done differently this week or today? I know, and it changes everything. It does because we're afraid, and a lot of people we go as far as, oh, I'm anxious because you know I'm pregnant, or I go back to work, or I'm anxious because of those things. And I say, but what are you afraid of? Oh, something happening. No. The funny thing is, our first answer is not always the case of what we're actually afraid of, believe it or not. Okay. It yeah. normally goes beyond that. So say, for example, someone is, oh, I'm just nervous going back into the office and, I say, and I'm worked up about it. What's it going to be like? The uncertainty, unpredictability, it's different, all this kind of stuff. I said, well, what are you afraid of happening though? Mm. 
well and that's where you start to kind of pursue it they're afraid of the office no no it's the office but it's the fear of what might happen what's the threat that you see or identify and when you start to even do that that can bring some kind of I suppose uh, peace for people and they start to understand what it is yeah. if, there's a, if there was an example I could run it through with you but it, you're unravelling yeah it, and getting to the real that's what I like yeah that's, that's what I would do a lot of the time um, and then I suppose put things back together in a way that works a whole lot better I would imagine you have to be, you know, to, 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 to be a really good life coach, there, there can be a fair bit of, of using your intuition and your gut instinct and yeah. reading somebody. Yeah, there is. Um, Asking yeah. the right questions, yes. Having the skill set, yes. The training, all the rest. But also, probably natural ability is a big part of it. As um, you said, you can become a life coach in a weekend. But yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to actually be a good life coach yeah. for somebody. Um, Look, people. Yeah, I mean, I I think you've got to be. It's got to be. You've got to be tuned into that. Um, yeah. Like my grandmother, um, God bless her. Um, she's dead now, but she, like she was a life coach. She had nineteen children. You know, she had um, nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. Amazing. She had. Um, 12 survived she had I think it was 5 miscarriages 2 of them died third one had um, cerebral palsy he died like, like she experienced so much loss and, part, so heart, much. and her wow. husband died right in the middle of it okay you bless know, her um, wow. but she went and remarried yes. and she was my life coach yeah and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where I think that's probably where my mum got and whatever else but that's that's where I learned it and I, I would I, she gave us perspective yeah. I think she said, well, if I can get through this, you can get through that. You know, that kind of way. And yes, I was like, you're yeah. right, you know. So I think sometimes when it comes to life coach, yeah, you'll probably find that you're maybe intuitive or whatever else, or you've learned it from someone, I don't know, to a degree. But you do have to have a bit of instinct, you know, and, and you've got to cultivate that. You're not going to be on the money straight away when you start. But over time, through experience, it comes. And you know what? I did put it up last night on Instagram. I asked people to send yeah. in their questions to you. I said, I'm speaking to a life coach today. You know, get your questions in, our topics. And there were so many reoccurring themes. Now, I think we'll get to those questions again at a later stage. But, you know, self-worth, finding purpose, they were big ones that came up. And, you know, you've kind of spoken the whole way long about, I suppose, trusting your instinct and, you know, realizing that you were on the right path. And even though you've done other jobs and you've, you've, you know, you are an entrepreneur. This really is where it was at for you. Yeah, I mean, people ask me how long I'm coaching. Well, I started helping people, you know, when I was a teenager, but I wouldn't call myself a coach back then. But doing it professionally, um, you know, oh, it's it's well over 15 years. It's probably not far off 18. Um, but I was into it about three years, and that's when I had the whole anxiety thing. Um, and that kind of took my coaching to a new level. I realized, you see, what a Tommy was, you read so much. And this is, I'm going to put out as a, I say this to everybody. You read so much stuff online, you know, this is how you deal with anxiety. This is how you do it, whatever else. And a lot of that stuff is simple and practical and that's nice. Yeah. But it's not always, it's sometimes very fluffy. It's sometimes very like, oh, if it's just three steps, we're all sorted. It's not always the situation. No. Um, You've got to find what it is for you. And, you know, these, the Band-Aid stuff like, oh, five things. If you do these 10 things, drink more water, less caffeine, meditate more, good sleep and exercise, you'll be grand. We should be doing those things and they are true. But it can be a whole lot deeper than that in your psychology, your cognitive skills. You know, you've got to work on what you're thinking because everything starts with a thought. Very much so. Unless it's uh, hormonal or unless it's induced by caffeine or, you know, drugs or whatever else. But generally speaking, the majority of people, their anxiety has started at some point with a thought. Mm. Some, Some thought got in, fear latched on, emotional reaction gave it hold put it under the magnifying glass that became all they could think about the ruminating began and the body of course gets into a state of anxiety yeah yeah so a lot of people also asking about kind of feeling a bit bored and stuck in their careers 
during yeah. this time. Yeah. And I suppose it's changed so much for people. A lot of people have been working from home are now kind of getting back into the workplace. And you already mentioned it. There can be a sense of fear about what's that going to look like. Um, but for people who are maybe going back to the drawing board going, you know, do I really want to be doing this anymore? Yeah. A lot of people got that question over lockdown. Yes. <laughs> it's a good question. I, yeah, I get asked it. And I, it can be scary to make cha- change. is always scary. I, 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 it is because it's uncertain. Yeah. And, and we love to have all the ducks in a row and have it all figured out. And then it's grand. But you add a bit of uncertainty into that. And now we're not so sure. Uh, do we want to take that step? You know, I always believe that, you know, when you're, when you're doing well, everyone's around. But when you're not doing as well, where is everyone? You know that kind yeah, of way? Yeah. You need your, and you'll know who your support system is. And it's that support system when you're not doing as well or you need help or you know who could I call at 10 o'clock at night if I was struggling. It's that support system that you want to draw near to if you're making a significant change. You know, it's, it's go with your gut, trust your instinct, but have the right support. If, for example, you want to start a business, um, and I'll answer your question in detail in, in a second, but if you want to start mm-hmm. a business, don't get around people who haven't started a business. Get around people who have started a business. Sounds so simple. But you'll get around people who'll say, oh, listen, oh, working for yourself, very stressful, you know, da, da, da. And then you'll get around people who are like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, working for yourself, your own errors. No, even your work for yourself or, or not, you'll always be working for something, as in, you know, pay bills. And the responsibility doesn't go away because you work for yourself. In sure. fact, it increases. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got to be, you know, yourself, you got to be multifaceted, right? Yeah. I'm now the accountant, you know, the marketing department, the HR department, and sure HR is closed when you're self-employed there's no one there looking after three of us in this room know all about that (laughs) yeah but what I mean by that is if you're looking to make change you've got to look at the right sources of support to make that change I always say that at the start because when you have an idea that's kind of just you know just beginning just you're incubating this idea and then you share it with the wrong person they might say oh I'd never do that you must be joking and that shoots your idea right down but it could have been a great idea yeah be careful who you bring your ideas to because they might be jealous or they wanted to do it themselves and couldn't. So they don't want to see someone else do it because that would remind them of their failure. You know, so you've got to be careful where you bring your ideas to and have mm-hmm. a support system before you make any move. A support system that genuinely supports you like it's 10 o'clock at night and no one else is around. You see, everyone supports you when it's your birthday and it's free drink at the bar. <laughs> They're all yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but when it's not that way. So that would be my first little always a warning or red flag. But what I would say, if you're making that change, I always ask What's the reason for the change? What do you think the change is going to bring you? How are you going to feel if you make that change? You see, and if can there be a little bit of the grass is always greener with people? There can be, yeah, okay, there yeah. can be. Yeah, I had one person I worked with, a client, um, and they hated their job, and they wanted to go. I'm going to go self-employed because that's what I need to do, where I get appreciated, and you know, because I'm not appreciated where I am. And it turned out appreciation was really what they chased. And I said, when you're self-employed, no one's going to appreciate you. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're the, you are the CEO now. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one to yeah. look to and go, am I doing well? You know, unless maybe your wife or something. I don't know. But my point was, um, figure out what is what we would call your intrinsic motivation. What is your internal motivator? Not the external. Money's not a motivator. You know, people think it is. No, money is a tool to get something to make you feel a certain way. You know, yeah. two people like, for example. No, it's nice. Let's be honest. No, listen, it, absolutely. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. But I hear you. You know, it it's can not be a bad the reason thing. why you, you, you go after something. Here's what's interesting, right? Sometimes people who are starting out or whatever else, they think people with money, rich people are evil. Have you ever met people like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh they're all full of themselves. Oh, look at her with the handbag and the car. Did you ever see that? Yeah, that's yeah. a mindset in itself. That's yeah. a very fixed mindset. And that's a wrong mindset. Yeah, where does that come from? Oh, that's a fixed mindset is right it an, there. Is it a, I hate saying it because I know we're brilliant as a people, but is it an Irish thing? Not only. 
not only not, not only okay. in Ireland. No, um, you'd see it in you'd see it in without picking out countries, but you would see it. Otherwise, I'd be very aware of it in some other countries. All oh, right, too. okay, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but it's again, it's not a general thing, but it's not everybody. But yeah, you do see it where people see, people put it this way: the mindset is people with money are evil, are bad, are full of themselves. If full of themselves right. the one I keep hearing oh it. listen but it's, notions it's, it's like that thing of you know the house in the hill isn't it they always say it's the you know it's one person and they kind of use the example of a, a, an American mm. who will look at the, the house in the hill going that's aspirational I want to be that guy Yeah, I want to live in that house someday yeah. growth mindset you know? yeah okay and the other one is like yeah, him yeah, yeah. They, they, they think they're great. Yeah. They think they're great. The so reason this they is do the difference that, between the growth and fixed mindset. Uh, when it comes to financial viewing, yeah, okay, yeah, because this, this can you you could be a growth mindset financially and in your business, but very fixed with your relationship. And people don't always. Oh right. Yeah, you could be very fixed in how you think a relationship should be. You know, and, uh-huh. and, you know, you could be like modern day entrepreneurial with your business, but 1940s in your head and how a relationship could be fixed. Oh, so wow, they okay. can coexist. People think, oh, he's entrepreneur. He, you know, he or she is growth in every aspect. No, no, you can have be growth in some areas and very fixed in others. Oh, that's fascinating. It is fascinating. I love it. When you get Didn't into know it. know that now. I, yeah. would have, I would have assumed that if you are that way inclined, that it'll filter into other areas of your life. So that's... Here, I'll give you an example. I worked with a guy, ran a business, very successful business, uh, over 100 employees, very, very aspirational, very positive, very encouraged, very charismatic, right? Yeah. His wife wanted to start a business. No way. All right. Okay. And when we got under the bonnet of what that really was about, he says, I, he goes, I don't want a professional environment at home. He said, I want my wife to look after my kids. That read now, and he, that was me and him telling me, and I said, don't tell her this because she's not going to be like, she won't be too happy to hear it. But that was what he said. So I was like, a very, some might even call it, that's kind of repressive to your wife, not that her, yeah, start her yeah, own business. Yeah, like, what? Yeah. Like, who are you? But, but in work, this man was all things to all people. You know, he was amazing, charismatic and growth. But at home, he didn't want the wife to be that way. Or was he insecure amazing. that she'd do better than him? She uh, didn't know. I, May, it was more, I, here's what it was. He had two lives. He right. had his work life. Yeah. And he wanted his home life in a very way. Now he's under high pressure, high stress, et cetera, et cetera. But he loved what he did. But he wanted his home life a certain way. The wife looks after the kids. He came from that kind of background from his family. We delved into it, obviously, yeah, okay. from his background. And that was how, and I said, do you understand? That's a kind of an old school repressive way. Like, where are we talking? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I said, you're so growth over here. But I said, where's the growth at home? And that was where we began when I was working with him. Oh, I ended up working with him and his company or whatever. But um, the good news is he eventually changed that whole mindset. He saw the birds from the trees and says, oh my goodness. He says, I'm actually taking away her. What I said to him was, you're taking away your wife's potential. Yeah. You're actually putting a hur- the hurdle in her way is actually you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and when he saw that, it kind of broke his heart. He didn't realize that that was wrong. He thought that was right. Um, yeah, and, so he uh, wasn't a bad guy. He was just no. He wasn't a bad guy. Conditioned to think this was fixed normal. mindset. You see, fixed doesn't mindset. mean if you're fixed is not that you're wrong. Or sorry, it's, it's not that you're a negative per- or a bad person. It's just that's what you be- your beliefs, your values. You're yeah. fixed on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating really is mm. really is when you get under the bonnet of, of any human being like when you we all need it I have to do it myself like yeah. uh, you know now my wife <laughs> she's my coach almost but I've seen fixed in my head like uh, no one is perfect no one has it all put together but I've seen fixed mindset come up in my you know life um, absolutely I have too I'm listening to you going I'm very I, I, like this about that mm, and I'm mm. like that's so you know mad you know and it could be whatever mm. um, now in his situation it was relationship was fixed and business was growth but um, I've seen that with 
taking chances or uh, different things over the years where my wife would be more growth and I'd be more fixed and I'd be quite entrepreneurial, but she would, you know, it's, it's when you get under the bonnet and you really get into nitty gritty, right? I mean, I'm talking, you know, the algorithms of things in our heads, you can realize, man, yeah, actually I identify that in myself. Mm. Here's an interesting question, right? Yeah. It was a study they did. They got kids to do a jigsaw and the kids were six years old. And what they did was they gave them the jigsaw. And then they came along and says, right, now we have a more harder jigsaw or do you want to do the same jigsaw again? Some kids said, oh, give me the harder one. And some kids went, give me the same one I just did. That's fixed mindset because they could now predict the outcome. I know how to do it. Okay. Fast forward, the same study done um, there in college. They said, you can do this college, you get this degree in two years through your language or you can do it in three years and learn English at the same time. So they're doing the course in not their native tongue. Mm. Fixed mindset all went for two years. Uh, growth mindset went for the three years. The harder challenge. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward five years on, and they revisited where people were in their careers. Who do you think was doing the better in the career? The growth mindset. Because challenge wasn't negative. Failure wasn't bad. And we all think that. The perfectionist, failure is bad. We could get in this kind of thing. So I don't mm. have to go off on this. No, but this just, is brilliant. Stay with us. So what we do is, right, we... we the perfectionist kind of lives in a lot of us, right? Mm. Um, you know, and it's either it's either perfect or it's a fail. It's like what we call in psychology, it's called the term black and white thinking. Yeah, rather than the middle ground. So there's no middle. It's either yeah. right or it's wrong. Or if it's, if it's right, you'll find what's wrong, you know? Um, so we have that. And to avoid failure or getting it wrong, we will go with the, the sure bet. You know, uh, it's like everyone when they set up their pension, they go, oh, low risk, uh, high return. That's what I want. It doesn't exist. If you want high return, you're going high risk. You know, but most people will go for, I'll go somewhere in the middle. I don't want to go high risk, right? Yeah. But, and, and people who would uh, say, uh, and I'm not saying this is what you should do. This is not financial advice, obviously. But, <laughs> but what's mad is, or in, interesting, people with, with an exceptional growth mindset mm. will go high risk easily. And it won't, they won't bat an eyelid at it. They'll go, oh, let's go the high risk but you could lose like your pension. Yeah, well, I know, but I could also gain. They don't mind that, but fixed mindset can't fathom that. Why would you risk losing your money? And this is where it starts to show up when you get into things like money or career or relationship or job or outlook. But the perfectionist is the one that really fixes themselves and puts themselves in a hole. And the reason I highlight that because it's a lot of people. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, when you're speaking there, I'm thinking of people I've heard speak on stages where, you know, entrepreneurs or people who have achieved unbelievable um, career highs they've also had so many tales of when it didn't go to plan yeah because they just went oh, get up get up and go at it again you know try what again, try absolutely again. like Steve Jobs right now I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have liked to work for him in fairness to him but God bless him but um, he shared his story it was an amazing speech and he said you know what he said I dropped, he dropped out of college after six months but he was he hung around the college and started doing different courses in the college just random ones because he could right yeah and his parents put him through this college it cost him a fortune so he, he didn't want to quit college altogether and he goes I went to a course because I wanted to learn things I could never even fathom or didn't even know if I'd enjoy them and he went to a calligraphy course right this is in his book right calligraphy right he said and he gave this speech uh, many years later and he said what I learned from that calligraphy course he said I wouldn't have learned if I stayed in the course I was in but he said, one of the things I took from the calligraphy course was beautiful fonts, nice spacing, and just neatness and cleanliness and the, and the, beautiful, the, the beauty in neatness and, and straight lines and so forth. He said, what I learned in that calligraphy course, I took to the first Mac through 
through texting and how the text would appear on the screen. This is way back in the day now. Yeah, yeah. And he says, I took what I learned from the calligraphy of the neatness and the, the spacing and so forth to the Mac. He said, that would become a fundamental in our DNA of Apple. The neatness, the slimness and the, key, and, and the beautiful lines, he said, and the beautiful art that it is. He said, I learned that from a calligraphy class that I attended twice. Right, well, there you he go. Said, but he said, I was a dropout. But yet, if it weren't for that dropout, I wouldn't have gone to that class. And who knows how the impact it would have had on Mac. Interesting, yes. And right? again, the perspective. Learning, Absolutely. constantly learning. and Yeah, learning. You see, we love learning when it's safe. Yeah. But we don't want to go, you could learn this, but you, you know, deep end. But you're going to have, you, you might, you know, nearly drown through learning how to swim in the deep end. You know, oh, well, I learned how to swim the shallow end. We all want safe and certainty. But the deep end stuff is where you learn the most valuable lessons. From my anxiety, that was it. Oh, absolutely. And look, in my own way and different stuff for me, absolutely. When you're in it, you don't want to be in it. Of course you don't. No, and you'd never ask for a challenge like it. I wanted out of my skin Yeah. when I had anxiety. I was like, how do I escape my head? I can't. Yeah. I Googled one time, my darkest moment, I Googled signs I'm going insane. All right, okay. Now, you can imagine the emotional state I was in at that point. Yeah. And oh, God, again. The first line, it was ironic. I came across a guy who I've stayed in touch with since. He wrote this blog. He says, well, first thing he says, if you're Googling, am I going insane? Because he wrote this article. He says, I wrote this article because a lot of people search this, funny enough. I thought that was scary. But he right, said, okay. if you're Googling this, you're clearly not insane because insane people don't know they're going insane. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, I'm not insane. <laughs> but anyway, that was a dark day. <laughs> but I learned yeah, a lesson, you know. Yeah. But it, it's scary how many people, you, when you get afraid of your own thoughts, your own mind, and I was, mm. what do you do? You know, and that's why people, even de with depression, that's why people get so depressed because the problem is between their ears and they don't know how to get away from it. And they look at lots of ways to, you know, get escape that pain. That's why people self-harm, to escape what they're thinking about, to distract them for that moment. Yeah. It's not about that they, wanna, they don't want to hurt themselves, but they rather hurt themselves and experience that pain and the pain they have in, in, inside. Yeah. And that's a major motivation or passion of mine because I've been there. I know how bad that was. I didn't tell harm now or anything, but what I mean is I know what it's like to have the pain inside that you can't run from. It's, it's you. It's in you. And it's that f fear that's consumed you. Yeah. And so I, when I meet people now, I suppose I can relate because I was there once. Now, don't get me wrong. I say I haven't had anxiety since. I've had normal anxiety. Like, you know, you're going here, you get those ex anxious nerves, normal stuff. But it has never impacted on my quality of life um, ever since that time. You know. Okay, I think that's a great point to um, leave this conversation. Um, yeah. You've covered so much, and I know there'll be people listening who will be, you know, wanting to contact you. Yeah. So if they they want to, how can they make yeah make contact? Of, of course. Well, look, Instagram on the website. Um, the Instagram is markfennel.ie. It's two N's and two L's. That's the the user handle, and then just the website's the same. It's markfennel.ie. Um. You know, and, and look, get in touch and, and, and whatever have you, but don't stay where you are if you're not happy where you are. You know, you don't have to remain there. Mm. So yeah, get in touch. Absolutely. And thanks for having me on. Really good message. Well, you're going to come back. Absolutely. You're going to come back and we are going to have a, 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 another conversation that tackles other topics and then listener questions as well that were sent in on Instagram. So looking forward to that. Thanks a million. Thank you. And you. If you like this conversation, please let me know by leaving a rating or a little comment on Apple. It only takes a minute, I promise. You can also click follow on Spotify or you could share it with pals on social media. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tools tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market